الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونستهديه ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا انه من يهدي الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلن تجد له وليا مرشدا واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله بلغ رساله وادى الامانه ونصح الامه وكشف الغمه ودركنا على المحجة البيضاء اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا وحبيبنا وقدوتنا محمد بن عبد الله وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين in the name of Allah the beneficent the gracious the beautiful the merciful the sustainer of the heavens and the earth i bear witness that there's no one worthy of worship and adoration and gratitude and love and worship except Allah the creator and sustainer of the heavens and the earth and i bear witness the Prophet Muhammad is his final messenger. Last week we spoke about the greatest of priorities in our life, the greatest gift, the greatest gift ever, the greatest blessing. If we have it, we have everything. If we lost it, we lost everything. It's faith. Believe in Allah. And Allah declared it to be the ultimate. One thing. The gift of guidance is unlike any other gift. And Allah has further emphasized the importance of a young person finding that faith. That it's even a greater thing, greater in the heavens and on earth, that the Prophet would say that amongst the seven shaded on the Day of Judgment, when there is no shade but the shade of Allah is a young youth, youthful person, somebody of young age who grew up knowing Allah and worship. There's nothing like it. These are the stars. And the question of today is, do we even appreciate an equal magnitude gift, or even greater? What would that be? And here we are finding Allah telling us that it's a great gift indeed. The greatest is to be guided and illuminated to the knowledge of Allah. One heart. Just one heart. And even greater is for you and I to be used by Allah to open hearts. Wow, not only do you see the truth, and you see the light, and you heal, no, 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 that you help someone else heal and find Allah. That the Prophet said that for Allah to use you and me, one person, you, to be used to guide one heart, one person, Rajul, Rahid, one person, one human being, man or woman, young or old, for them to see Allah through you. The Prophet said, Better than everything that the sun had set rays on. Wow. One person? Yes, one. And the question is for you and me today is how do we get used for that? How often do we hear parents and people saying, I don't know have enough knowledge to know how to guide someone, even my own children. I don't know how to what to do for them. I lack such and such and such ability. And how many of us not only pose a question like this as an excuse, or perhaps because we really don't you know, think we don't have the ability to guide our heart and open it. And we, don't, we lack the will for that. And how many go further and say something such as, well, these people are unworthy. And how often do we label others and label even our own children and the youth in general saying, they're just clueless, useless, confused bunch of people. Right? They don't understand any better. They're not strong enough. So we just condemn them with a label and avoid encountering their own realities. 
What would be the approach, dear brothers and sisters, that is most effective to open a heart? We as parents are in desperate need to learn and understand not only the urgency of calling a heart, especially our children to Allah, but how do we do that? And do we really have the resources for that? And how many of us lack the, even the trust and the belief that we have the ability? I draw your attention to a surah in the Quran, which is studied last weekend here. Such a beautiful surah about this very topic. A surah that is beloved to all of us, Surah Yaseen. Surah Yaseen that we, fought, we fell in love with as Muslims, that some called it the heart of the Quran. Right? A surah about which Prophet Muhammad says, read it and Allah will relieve you of your distress. Relieve you of, the, of your distress. Read it upon the dead. Read it upon them before they die. And read it upon them later after they're in their graves. Allah will send His mercy through that surah for those who are blessed to read it and for those who receive the blessings of it, of it being read on them. Surah Yaseen. Within this surah, Allah Azza says right away in page 2, وَاضْرِبْ لَهُمْ مَثَلًا أَصْحَابَ الْقَرْيَةِ إِذْ جَاءَهَا الْمُرْسَلُونَ A timeless story that you and I read all the time. Where, what does Allah say? He says, give them the example the companions or that community that resided in this old town thousands of years ago. So what's special about this story? Allah says, He sent to them three messengers. Two messengers. When we sent them two messengers of Allah. Not one. Two. Why? Because they deserve it. They need it. We human beings are worthy of being guided. It's a blessing of Allah. And Allah considers this so important that He doesn't send them just one messenger, two messengers. And it was apparently not enough. Did Allah abandon them? No. We sent them a third messenger. Three messengers. To guide how many? There's so many of them. But even if one was guided, that would have been, alhamdulillah, enough. It's not about the numbers. We heard from the Prophet ﷺ that some, some of the Prophets would come on the Day of Judgment and they have thousands and some would come with hundreds, hundred followers and some would come with only ten and some of the Prophets of Allah would all come with only five behind them and some with one and that was their light. It's not about the numbers. Enough if one got guided. So Allah tells us what happened. These messengers, the three struggled so much because that city was resistant. They rebelled against these Prophets. They refused to change their ways and to really see the illumination from them, to see Allah through them. So they ended up threatening them with death and torture. If you don't stop what you're doing, we're going to kill you. This is how harsh and cruel of a city it was, but it was worthy of guidance. Worthy of guidance. And Allah tells us something amazing that happens in the story. He, he dedicated a few verses, a couple of verses to these prophets. But then the highlight of the story is not about even them. Their outcome was only one man. All their efforts of a free prophet produced one star who emerged as a hero in the story, as the ultimate gem. Not even them. Allah focuses our attention on this man about whom he says, he points out, or he draws our attention to one man about whom he says, He says, a man came from the farthest fringes of the city. We didn't even see the prophets. 
What's special about this? He says, This one man got impacted by their message. Allah highlights him. And what happens with him when he got touched and inspired by this divine message? He believed in it. He didn't even understand how someone cannot believe in this. And what was the first thing that he did? Upon his belief, it might have been only a few days, maybe less, he came out of his home on the far fringes of the town, running, running where? Yes, towards the city, towards the town center where his people were because he heard of the abuse. He didn't see it on television. Heard of the story of the abuse of these messengers that most of the people did not accept. And instead of sitting home, and just saying, I'm dua for them. None of my business. Who am I? What's my knowledge and ability to really go even help these messengers? I just learned about Allah. I don't have the Arabic. I don't have the language. I don't have this. I don't have that. What did he do? Allah says he came running. He had nothing. No knowledge yet. Right? No special wealth or money or anything. No resources. Allah says he had his feet. And he started to run. Why? He ran towards the darkness of the city, went to it. Didn't say, I'm not, I have no business being there or this place is wicked already. No, 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 no. Ran towards it with a beautiful message that Allah record him saying, The first thing he said, oh, my people, ya qawmi. my people, my people. So he went and met them on the streets and in their homes. Allah knows. It wasn't just one encounter. Oh, my people, my people, I'm one of you. You're mine. I'm like you. I belong to you. Belong to me. We're one. He asked him, he says, why don't you follow these messengers? Follow the one who doesn't ask you for money and he's calling you to a greater, beautiful reality. They have nothing to gain from this, but they're pointing you to something beautiful. Why don't you just follow them? Just follow them and you'll win. Look at the beauty of his argument and his approach with his own people. What's amazing is that did we hear him in the first statement? Say anything negative about them? Did you hear condemnation from him? Did you hear him calling them, hey kufar? Hey wicked? Damn you? Did you hear him saying or threatening them of a punishment, eternal punishment in the hereafter saying, you wicked people, there's the hellfire waiting for you for abusing these prophets. He didn't say that. Didn't label them, didn't threaten them. He just pointed them to a beautiful piece of advice. That's it. All my people follow the messengers. And then apparently they were resisting and pushing back against him. In his beautiful approach and understanding and wisdom, he didn't complicate the message. He didn't go and say, hey, listen, did you hear about Sharia? The five times prayer, five times a day prayer. You have to fast 30 days. You have to go to Hajj, right? And you have to give up your wicked ways and alcohol and all kinds of nonsense, right? And you have to just essentially give up on everybody who's not going to believe in this. And, and, and he didn't complicate. It didn't matter. He pointed them to one thing. How I not? And he's trying to simplify the message to appeal to their hearts and minds in a beautiful, simple form. Core reality is what he pointed out. The core truth, he called them to the one and seeing the beauty of Allah and his presence by saying, why wouldn't I? He's, he's presenting a beautiful, cogent, logical, simple argument for the mind to understand. He met them where they were in their ability. 
and highlighted the priority, not lost them in the details of Sharia or schools of theology or fiqh and which faqih are you following. No, 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 let me illustrate to you something so beautiful, co-reality. How wouldn't I worship the one who originated me? Very deep question, by the way. The one who originated me, created me from nothing. Apparently I came from somewhere and there's a cause and he's the source who created me. It's a logical, simple logical argument. And then to him we return. If somebody originated me, he's not going to abandon me. That's underneath his perfection. Even human beings wouldn't do that. There has to be purpose if he made me. Which means I have to return to him. All of us are going to return to him. You see, summed up all faith, all religion, in one beautiful statement. Affirmed by him because he witnessed it. It came out of him in a beautiful form, in a beautiful language, without putting people down. He's just inviting them to see the beauty of Allah. And he's telling them, you need him. Would I take partners with this one who do not benefit or harm me? He's trying to remind them of logical things. How would you worship something else that has no ability or power to even benefit or harm you? Are you foolish? And he didn't even say foolish. He's implying it. Because he's trying to make them just understand in simple, beautiful language, in a manner that they can understand that is relevant to them in their context. And he was in the darkness with them, in the darkness of that town that had so many distractions, so many opportunities to not want to know, and so many opportunities also to want to know. But it was a distracting, difficult place. He was there with them for that encounter and conversation. It was worthy for him. And he said to them, you're worthy of it. And he said, you need Allah. You need Allah. You need Allah. Allah is beautiful. Ya qawmi, ya qawmi, oh my people. Oh my people, and then at the end he says, He's frustrated by them still, like, but he's going. They're not listening. They're threatening him, and he says, I am believing in your Lord. And this is such a beautiful statement. And how often do we come to you know, claim some level of righteousness in our lives, or know a little bit more than someone, and then start to think that we're the ones who belong to God? And they are out. They are what? They're out. That we really think we're closer to God than others. How do we know? And who are we to claim God? Do you know one of the things that really pushes a lot of people from faith, and especially young people, is when they feel that they don't have connection, direct connection with God, that others are making them feel that they're not even worthy of that connection because they're not close, they're wicked. Just that having that thought that I have a barrier between me and God, that I don't belong to Him, that I'm not worthy of being encompassed by Him as al oh, puts people down, it discourages them, pushes them away from Allah. How does He talk about Allah? He says, yours, your nurture, He's ours, I'm like you and you're like me and we're all in the circle of His mercy. And you're worthy of it, you already belong, just believe, because you deserve it. He doesn't need it, you deserve it. It's what you're being summoned to. Pay attention to this again. What is Allah highlighting in this surah? A hero, a star that emerged. Out of what? Out of the efforts of three messengers. The three messengers were commanded by Allah, call people to Allah, illuminate their hearts. How many people found the faith through them? One. And what did Allah turn him into? A hero. Amazingly, 
How many people were guided by this man? Allah doesn't mention. Maybe zero. You see, all this effort he made ran without any special credential or resources. He ends up in the city in the darkness. He wasn't afraid of that, of being close to those who don't know Allah Azza wa Jal. I started to call them over and over and over. And then Allah tells us in the story, in Surah Yaseen, while he was trying to call them to Allah and presenting these beautiful arguments to them, one truth, one core reality, in his beautiful advice that we all need and not ever thinking, I'm not capable. No, no, I'm going to be the light today for them. Gently, beautifully, mercifully. He had intense love for them. Intense love. Then suddenly, Allah Azza wa Jalla tells us what happens in the story. As soon as he says, Inni amantu bi rabbikum fasma'un. Oh, my people, listen to me. I believe in your, in your Lord. Then the next verse in the surah is, Qila dukhul al-jannah. The next verse is, it was said to him, enter Jannah. He responded by saying, I wish my people knew. I wish they knew how much Allah has forgiven me, has encompassed me in his mercy, and made me among the noble. When is this happening? In the next world. Apparently he died. He died or he was killed. And the next statement that comes out of his mouth, as soon as he leaves this world, after this struggle, apparently they punished and killed him. Allah doesn't even mention it. Allah doesn't mention that episode and interrupts the story to take us into the scene in the next world. SubhanAllah, and what's his statement? Oh, you wicked people, he killed me. Uh, only if you see the hellfire waiting for you, right? The first thing that comes out of his mouth is, I wish my people would... Find Allah. I wish they would know what I'm seeing right now. I wish. He's still wishing for his people. He's still loving them. He's still showing them concern. He's not condemning them. But he had that wish. Sense of loss that they're not finding this truth. He is so hurt. And he's wishing. Oh, only if you come and see Allah's mercy and his forgiveness that he promised. It's beyond your imagination. And how he made me so noble. I ask you, how many days did he live in faith? Maybe one or two days. Few. That's it. The story of this man, his faith, took place over just few days, few hours. And what did he do in them? Guide no one. But he made the effort to be that moon, to be that light. And Allah is recording him. And he says, you know what? He endured pain at the end of his life. It's not even worthy of mention. You know why? Because it was so, so short-lived. That when you describe Jannah and the reality of the next world, all the pain is gone. All the trials of life are gone once and for all. All the grief, all the fear. Imagine what this man went through in those final hours. Allah says, don't worry. I'm not going to even mention it. I'm going to take you into the next scene. The eternal joy he's in. Because when you see the eternal joy of the next world, you'll be thankful to Allah and forget every single bad memory of this pain. Gone. That Allah doesn't even mention it. And he tells us, look at this star that emerged out of calling people to Allah for a few hours before he died, and no one was guided by him. He's a star today. Imagine that. Few days, he becomes such an incredible, brilliant star. A story that you and I have to remember day and night to learn from this man on what is important, on how to approach others, and how to be a light for people in their darkness, in their places. 
Wow, and no one got guided and he's amongst the most noble in the next world that he deserves mention, more mention than the three messengers who produced this one man. And even their names are immortalized or their mention is immortalized because of just one human being who through their hands became a star. What a beautiful story that we desperately need to remember and reflect on and learn from as parents, as families, with our children and with the generations to come because they are in these darknesses. And Allah gave us a chance, you and I, to become that moon, that light that effortlessly guides. That it doesn't complain or say, I have excuses today, I can't do this. It's going to show up every single night. Every single night. We ask Allah to guide us and protect us in our faith. And our children's aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah al-azim ali wa lakum Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen wa salatu wa salam al ashraf al khawta sayyidina sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in This is a subject of utmost importance We can, we need to talk about it over and over What inspires me about this story It reminds me, brings me back to this focal point what, is what do I pay attention to in my life? You and I need to ask this question How do you and I make our existence matter? There's a reason why Allah put us here He already endowed us He already blessed us honored us with a special mission to see Allah in his light and then to bring that light and heal others in their darkness it automatically light assumes that it's already dark it's already dark Allah says how many of us carry that concern the utmost priority which is healing finding faith strengthening it and making others see that and opening their hearts no one can open a heart but through you and me Allah can open one heart but Allah says, even one heart doesn't matter. Even though if you guide one, it's better for you than everything that the sun had set rays on. That's what the Prophet says. It's better than everything in existence. Can you imagine? Everything. One heart. And this story in Surah Yasin tells us even if no heart, no heart, you're amongst the most noble because he carried one concern and he didn't even have much knowledge, resources, abilities. You had your feet. And when you have feet, he says, go show up. Show up. I ask you to think of the moon. And you know, Allah mentions in Surah Yasin, SubhanAllah, the sun cannot outstrip the moon. Nor can the moon overrun the sun, each in its orbits. This is a beautiful invitation to reflect. We just think of them as objects. In Islam, there's always a greater reality behind everything. Don't be fooled by its appearance. This is more than a sun and more than a moon. It's actually poetically teaching us. These are poetic teachers, signs of God, that beckon your soul and my, my soul and our hearts and our not just rational minds to think, oh, object flows in orbit, creation of Allah. No, 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 go deeper. What is it teaching you about life? This sun and moon are teaching us about life and the cloud and the ants, all mentioned in the Quran, by the way, as teachers. Not just signs, teachers that point you to seeing, illuminate you, Think about this moon. Allah mentions in the Quran, you see the sun shines around the clock. Light emanates from the sun. And we know this from science. There is like an internal nuclear engine inside of it that is exploding. 
subhanallah, with processes of fusion to produce this light. Steady, non-stop, as if Allah is telling us, who are those on earth who have that illumination, that they're constantly illuminating others. And those are the prophets of Allah. Prophets of Allah, Constant, it emanates from them, it's non-stop. The sun is always shining. And then other objects in the celestial space, what happens to them? That light touches them. Some absorb it, some reflect it. SubhanAllah. Reflect it. And the moon doesn't emit its own light. It's the light of the sun that shines upon it. Isn't it true? And how much light does it shine? Here's what Allah beautifully and mercifully tells us. Oh, this, sun that you, this moon that you're looking at goes through phases. Phases. Do you notice what happens on the light on it? Is it always full moon? No. Sometimes it shows up as the full moon with its entire strength and confidence and presence. And, and, and it's like you see the light when you see the moon. Oh my goodness, right there. Shining so much that you cannot see a star. And then it goes through phases and this light starts to shrink. Isn't it true? We see it. We measure it. We look for it in Ramadan when it finally becomes like a little tiny sliver and then it disappears. And then it appears again with a little tiny crescent. You know what Allah is saying? Those are the believers. They're not able to always have this 100% faith and strength and, and ability. No, 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 no. And it's okay. You're a human being. How much light are we reflecting? Sometimes Allah says, as a believer who understands this mission, sometimes you're going to shine full light because you're feeling good. You're feeling connected. It's okay, keep going. You're going to go through phases just as the moon. And sometimes you're going to show half light. And sometimes a tiny little sliver in your faith. And sometimes, zero. It disappears. And then what happens? It appears again gradually and beautifully. On and off, it's okay. Allah is asking, how much are you showing in your life? And are some of us like the complete darkness? All we care is about ourselves. Allah says, this is not the star, the hero. The brilliant presence, the gem of the heavens. There are people on earth, they're like heaven in human form. Heaven in human form, angels perhaps in human form. SubhanAllah. Allah can turn them into that. Allah is highlighting a man in this story, Surah Yasin, who did this. Wow. What does that mean for you and me today is the key question. In terms of approach, in terms of understanding the issues. Most of us are afraid of the darkness of the alien environments. Isn't that true? Most of avoid us because avoid it. It's understandable. It can. It's toxic. It can affect you. But we sometimes say it, say it arrogantly or because we don't want to work in sweats. Working with others is not easy. It demands presence, time, investment in them, willing to listen, etc., etc. It's not easy. So most people give up on it, claiming they have no ability or knowledge, or they say, you know what? Easier to just label these people and say they're condemned. Halas, that means outclass. You know. They don't want to go into the darkness. And darkness is hard to understand. Hard to understand. I actually think of this darkness and reflect on the darkness of, of this era that we spoke about last week and what our children are lying in. Imagine the darkness of their lives. How many of us really understand it as parents? How many of us are not willing to go there, really be a part of that story and understand it, really seek to understand the challenges that they face, the pressures, the distractions, right? The expectations. We dismiss them as saying, just spoiled little brats. That's it. No, no, no. We don't see the light in them that this man in Surah Yasin saw in his people. He thought they're deserving. I want to go show up in their spaces. 
Oh my goodness, only if you see their spaces and their environments. It'll educate you and me. We need to understand it to help them. How would you talk to somebody who doesn't speak your language? I don't mean just the verbal expression, words. No, 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 no. Language of your environment. Being with them, trying to understand. In that, you'll build a relationship. They'll trust you. But it demands showing up. Allah says in this surah, this man did this. Ran to understand, to learn, to grow, and help others see. When he felt that faith, he said, the best thing I can do right now. This is his understanding within hours. I got to go call others to it. It's so beautiful. So beautiful. Short life, yet it's commemorated, immortalized for the rest of our times until the day of judgment. Allah is asking us today, do we really understand the environment we're in? Seeking to really go out of our way to understand the challenges of the youth, about whom Allah says their faith is like none, no other. Are they not deserving of that attention? You know the bird in Surah An-Naml, Al-Hudhud, Al-Huku, right? Who worked for Sulaiman? What did he do? One day Sulaiman didn't find him. And he lost his mind over this. It's like, I better find that bird before I kill him. He should line up in the, in the army, do his work. He didn't understand. The, the bird came back. And Sulaiman questioned the bird. And he says, where were you? He says, oh, you don't understand. Let me tell you what's important right here. Let me report to you what happened. I went to Yemen, from all the way from Palestine. Yemen. And I saw people who don't know Allah. And he is so hurt. This is the hoopoe that got immortalized in the Quran. So then I've got to do something about this. Forget about punishing me. Punish me later, right? But let's focus on this. This is so important that the bird is crying. Wow. This is our faith, brothers and sisters. This is how precious this gem is in you and me. Question is, many of us butcher it. Complicate it. This man was so incredibly wise and knowledgeable. Knowledge in one hour, yes, he attained the understanding. I just need to be, make people see this. If they could only see this. And I say today, how many of us are seeing our children as that possible life? That they themselves become like that man. Right? Wow, those are the stars. They need it. They deserve it. And are we in their darknesses? Are we going into these spaces where they experience these darknesses to be like the moon? That moon that shines... Serving like a mother who sees all, knows all, gently inviting, gently teaching. Like the auntie, you know we had the auntie growing up, the grandma, grandpa who tells us stories, right? We had that. Our children today don't have it. Very tough environment. So many distractions, and we minimize the distractions. Let me tell you something about distractions. In case you're, we're finding excuses and justifying our own righteousness and minimizing the challenge. Prophet Adam salam was in Jannah. There was only one distraction. What was it? The tree. Guess what it did to him? Entrapped him. He fell for one distraction in Jannah. What a beautiful lesson. Yeah, yeah, you can have Jannah, be with angels, and still fall for one distraction. That's how tough it is. And many of us are choosing not to understand the multi-layered darkness that our children live in. How desperate we are to be in their presence, to be like the hudhud, the bird, Gently flying over them, gently present, <coughs> gently loving, gently believing in them and seeing the potential, the beauty, right? And I'm trusting Allah, saying, Allah, you're the one who guides hearts. We just have to show up with that compassion, presence, and belief in them. Believe me, once you believe in others and you're genuine about it and you're loving and you're smiling, Allah makes you have a radiance. People will sense it. 
Some of us are choosing life to dismiss this beautiful mission because it's easy to sit on the margins. And I'm, I'm asking and praying for every parent here to be humble enough to want to learn, grow, and meet people where they are, not to invite them to you. This man round. We cannot tell them, come, I'll teach you. I'm going to show up and understand and learn. And if I'm not able to, I'll, I'll run. I'll run. I'll be a light no matter what. But it has to be a light that makes people see and makes young people see themselves through you. See their ability, see their story, believe in themselves. They're in a darkness. How can they see? If there is not that gentle light, no matter how big or small, and never ever belittle a deed. Never ever belittle a deed, brothers and sisters, so long as it's sincere and it's desired to please Allah. But a wise, wise, wise person carries that. And a wise person focuses on the priorities, focuses on this core reality, focuses on simplifying things for others, that they see mercy through you, that they see the light of Allah through you. What a beautiful gift. We ask Allah to guide us and strengthen us and protect us and to enlighten us with understanding of the challenges that our, that our children go through. May Allah make us extend our others to help them grow spiritually, to grow in the knowledge of Allah. May Allah make us serve as those moons, as those moons that shine light upon others that are present in their lives, that sees them and know them, that invite them to the nur of Allah Azza wa Jal, those that deliver compassion and affection to everyone, no matter who they are. May Allah make us like those moons. May Allah make us like that man in Surah Yaseen, who ran to help others see Allah Azza wa Jal and to guide him. May Allah use us to guide the hearts of our children, to guide the hearts of the society, to guide the hearts of our families and community. May Allah elevate us and make us among the noble and forgive us and extend to us his mercy just as he has extended it to that man in Surah Yaseen. May Allah make us understand his story and learn from it and grow with it. May Allah make us, make us among those who take whatever little knowledge they attain and use it for a greater good. May Allah make us see the truth and live the truth. And may Allah make our children see and live this beautiful truth. Allahumma ameen, Allahumma ameen. Allahumma khfir lana wa rahamna wa afu anna. Wa tawalla amrana wa ahsan khalasana wa akhtim bil-baqiyat salihati a'malana. ربنا اهدنا الى صراطك المستقيم واهدي اولادنا وبناتنا الى صراطك المستقيم اللهم ارحمنا برحمه تغننا بها عن رحمه ما سواك صل اللهم على سيدنا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين واقم الصلاه الله اكبر الله اكبر اشهد ان لا اله الا الله اشهد ان محمدا رسول الله حي على الصلاه حي على الفلاح 